Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode seven of The Mountains We Climb. In this series, we're going to be exploring into the human mind about what is really possible and what it really takes. I'm your host, Jordan Kilpatrick-Smith, and today with me, I have two ultra marathon runners, Derek Flint and Courtney Pepper. Thank you guys so much for being here with me. Thanks, Jordan. Thank you. So just a reminder for everyone watching that right below this live video in the Facebook group, you can comment and ask questions and be a part of this discussion uh, and be live here with us. Derek, starting with you, where, where does our journey start? Yeah, so I've been running since about my mid thirties and the way it all started was kind of funny because I would go in probably two year blocks of, I'd go to the gym, I'd work out and then I wouldn't do anything for a couple of years. And this one year I started going back to the gym and it, I remember vividly, it was like a Wednesday and a friend of mine had heard. I started at the gym again and he said, you know what? I got a race that a friend of mine dropped out of. Uh, it's just a 5k race. It's this Friday. Do you want to come and do the 5k race? And you knew the story, don't you, Courtney? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I, uh, I said, well, you know what? I went to the gym. Uh, I did a kilometer warm up. I can do a 5k race. Like, if it's a race, I'll push myself and I'll get there. So I said, yes, I'll do the race. Work finishes on a Friday night. My friend picks me up. He starts driving to the race and he says, so what kind of time do you think you want to do? And I said, well, I haven't run for ages. Like, and all I ever have done is just warm up runs at the gym, like one or two K. So if I could do 30 minutes, I'm good. And he looked at me and, and he was a fast runner, like 16 minute, five K guy. And he says, 30 minutes. He's like, I'm not even going to do 30 minutes. I thought, I thought you run. Like, what are you talking about? You're not going to do 30 minutes. And he says, uh, yeah, 30 minutes. Like, this is five miles. And I said, five miles? <laughs> not 5K? Like, that's 8K. And he said, yeah. And I said, well, you might as well turn the car around right now because my body's not meant to go that far. Like, I did a 5K when I was a kid once, but that was it. So I'm not doing it. <laughs> And, and so uh, you're in the car and you were just straight up like, no, I'm, that was I'm it. not right. Nope, not doing it. You might as well turn the car around. I'll go and I'll watch you guys race, but that's it. And then, uh, then we get there and, uh, this is the, the funniest part. Look at me. I'm super white guy. And he says, you have to, when you go pip, pick up your bib, you have to tell them that your name is Hardeep because that's <laughs> my friend that couldn't make it. I was like, oh, come on. So he picks up the bib for me. And, uh, I end up, I end up going in this stupid race <laughs> and, uh, the, the gun goes off, everybody starts and I was really trying to push myself and I was like, just run, run and, and just get yourself to the 5k because there was markers and I saw the 1k marker, I saw the 2k marker, but then I didn't see a marker after that. Um, and I remember <laughs> running and some kid kept passing me. And the kid had SpongeBob SquarePants socks on. <laughs> and I just thought, there is no way some kid with SpongeBob SquarePants socks is beating me. <laughs> so he was my uh, like arch rival. And him and I kind of went back and forth through the whole race. Uh, but I, 
I think I made it to probably about 6K before I had to stop and walk. I had an absolutely horrible um, finishing time. But after I finished that race, I realized uh, kind of if you push yourself, you can go further than you think your body is actually capable of. Yeah. Yeah. So when you're, when you were like at the start of the race, right? You, you said you're not going to do it. You get there. You have to put someone else's bib on and you're lined up. <laughs> what was yeah. going through your head at that moment? <laughs> I, for me, because as a kid, I did 5K. It was just like, well, you know what? Even if you just run 5K and walk the rest of it, that'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Just try to get to 5K. That was my own personal hurdle. Right. Yeah. Awesome. And so when you hit 5K and you were still going... I didn't know where it was. That's the, that was the issue was. <laughs> oh. and, and I think that's why I think I got to about 6K before I walked. And then that kid with the socks <laughs> passed me again. And I was like, no, you're not beating me. <laughs> yeah, Derek's competitive. <laughs> I don't think I am. But then in a race situation, no matter what it is, something triggers. And I, I just can't help it. Yeah. Awesome. So you finished the race then? I, yeah, I, I'm still standing. Yeah. So that's awesome. where it all started for me. Awesome. Courtney, where did it start for you? Um, I started running. It was when I was maybe in my younger 20s. Um, I actually looked at running as a way to kind of get healthy and lose weight. Um, so I started, it was awful. It was on a treadmill. And at the time I lived in Toronto. <laughs> Um, and I'd just go down to the, the condo complex gym and I'd, I did this couch to 5k app. So I started out with like these 30 second horrible intervals and <laughs> it was just, I remember like it being so awful. And then I got to a minute interval and then I eventually got to 10 minute intervals. Um, and I just gradually worked myself up. So I ended up doing the couch to 5k app and I'm all done. And it was actually kind of funny because when you get done that app, it's just running for 30 minutes. Little did I know that I wasn't even running 5k, but so then I do the 5k to 10k app. And then I, um, I actually was living out. I, then I was living out West. So I decided to sign up for a half marathon. So I get all motivated to train. Um, and I'm, I'm running like a decent amount, but I had no clue what I was doing. So um, I sign up for this half marathon, do some, you know, casual jogs here and there. And then the race comes and my mom was actually, it's a funny story. My mom actually flew in, um, because I was coming home to do my, ma- then I was moving home to do my master. So she flew in to drive us home, but my mom flies in. It's like this big deal to do this half marathon. And then the day of, I found out I, it was up a mountain. <laughs> So it was like the most awful experience of my life. It was pouring rain. Um, I ended up probably walking like half of it, but I did it. Um, and then I actually, there's a funny video of me at the end that my mom filmed. And she's like, and I say like, I'm never doing this again. Like I'm done. Like this is it, my limit. I've reached it. And it's funny because then I moved home to Port Dover and I got involved with a run group. So through the run group, I met mutual friends and I get hooked into running a lot um, with our, our mute, Derek and I's mutual friend, Don. And then Don proceeded to be signed up for a 200 mile race. So then I got hooked into kind of crew, what we call crewing for Don. 
um, because I'm a nurse practitioner. So, you know, you help with the feet, the electrolytes, the nutrition, that kind of stuff. And I actually paced one of his loops during the 200 miler. So then I kind of, I would say that that's probably when I got bit by the ultra bug and uh, I kind of wanted to see what I was capable with. So after that race, I took running a bit more seriously. Um, and I eventually went on to within a year doing my first hundred miler. Wow. So yeah, I just want to go back to the beginning of your story for a second. You started off yeah. with just this goal to, to lose some weight. And so you started on a treadmill yeah. and you said you started with like aiming for one minute, right? That was the first one. I think it's like, so I actually had, had the app and it was like intervals. So you would like, I think it, the first interval was even just running maybe for 45 seconds or a minute. I can't remember, but I remember it being hard. Like yeah. being like, oh my gosh, this is awful. Like the shin splints, the knee pain. And at the time I was working shift work too. So I was a nurse in the emergency room. So sometimes it'd be like getting up at 5 a.m. to start this app. And then other times it'd be like working a 12-hour shift and coming home and doing it. And so it was awful. <laughs> where did you find that motivation to keep doing that? Because a lot of people start that, right? Like tons and tons, but yeah. so few continue. So actually a few things happened probably in sequence that made a magical formula. So um my sister and I, right before I started losing weight, my sister and I went away on vacation. Um, and we went to Jamaica for a week. And then we met my parents at their house in Florida for a week. So we were on vacation for this two-week chunk. And you imagine we're two young single girls having fun in an all-inclusive Jamaica resort. We're drinking, like we're eating bad. Like same with Florida, right? You're going to buffets. So my sister and I, at the end of the two weeks, we were like, oh man, like, we feel bad. Like we feel like garbage, like physically, like you feel like awful. So we both went vegetarian at the time. We, we actually went on Netflix and watched all of kind of those health documentaries yeah. and got bit by this bug of like, okay, we're going to eat really healthy. Um, so then we started eating healthy. And then at the same time, um, I actually got involved in a group of women put together a contest and it was a contest about um, who could lose the most body. It was body mass percent. So it went by basically how much you weighed and how much percent you could lose over a week. So I combined like my first week, I started exercising more than I probably had in the last five years. I juiced, cleansed, and I was eating crazy healthy and I was in, in the bet. So, and the, the motivation in the bet was you won money. Nice. So, so all these things happened. And I, my first week, I think I lost 10 pounds. Wow. So I, I very quickly became like a study at it. And when I started having success, I started getting more motivated as I got more and more successful. Right. Yeah. And were there times when you were going uh, down this path, right? And you just hit a wall? Um, like, of course it's weight loss. I, I talk about this a lot now with actually my own patients, but I always tell them it's not linear. Mm -hmm. Like, and I think when, when people get on a scale or even they have a bad run or something bad happens, it's very easy to be defeated. Um, so you just kind of have to have 
the high, like the mental ability to say, you know, it, it's going to take some time. Um, like I think one week when I eventually, like, obviously I'm not going to lose 10 pounds every single week. That's, that's impossible. Um, so when I started plateauing, like you have to think, okay, I'm exercising, I'm eating healthy. I'm still feeling well, you know, that has huge health benefits, whether it be my blood pressure, my heart rate, you know, there's still the physical benefits that I'm getting, not just necessarily losing weight. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Awesome. Runners cool. hit walls all the time. Eh, Courtney? Yeah. Like, well, I, I it's so hard right now with no races. Oh, so it feels yeah. like just one big wall. <laughs> I mean, even in races, because we've seen our friends, like other friends that have been in some of these ultra races, just break down and absolutely lose it. Like I think yeah. Laney, Laney in the last ultra, like she was absolutely toasted and done, just ready to throw in the towel. But she found a way to put in another, I think, loop before it was time to throw mm -hmm. it in. Yeah. And that's, yeah. that's really what I want to dive into is like, where does that come from? Right. Cause so for anyone who doesn't know anyone who's watching this, a marathon is 26 miles or 42 kilometers. Um, what is the classification for an ultra? Anything uh, that's anything over 42.2 or 26.2 miles or 42.2 okay. kilometers. So yeah, they typically start at about 50 kilometers. Right. Okay. Like and, I don't know an ultra that's 42.3. Yeah. But maybe, maybe we should start one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> ultra for beginners. <laughs> yes. no, you guys are talking about 50 mile, hundred mile races, right? Mm -hmm. So that's that right. is yeah. two or four back to back marathons. Mm -hmm. Nonstop. You got it. You're, you're contemplating doing yeah. one, aren't you? Like, I'm what did, working on the what, marathon. First. You're working on like 15 K right now. Mm -hmm. is that and well 21 so half marathons next yeah so i remember i was talking to my wife about this um when i had first started running and i was getting a little bit more serious about it thinking i'm gonna up my kilometers and one tuesday night uh or friday night i can't remember what it was before we had some friends coming over i was like it's gonna whip out I'm going to try and get 11K in. And she was like, on a weeknight, you're going to do 11K? Are you kidding me? <laughs> and like, look at our workouts now, eh, Courtney? It's like a weeknight yeah. is typically 14 or 16K. Like, 11 would be that's, nice. That's an easy, yeah. <laughs> that's getting and home for dinner on time. <laughs> I've had some training runs where it's like, okay, it's Sunday. It's time to lighten things up and just go easy. Just go do 5K. And I'm like, 5K? Why am I even putting shoes on for this? I can keep my jeans yeah. on. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Like your whole mindset totally changes as you do more and uh, kind of thinking about where you're going with the podcast here. Um, it, I, I like the idea and it kind of builds off of what Courtney did at the beginning of doing small things, set a small goal first and people have to be a little bit adventurous, figure out if it's something that they even like and if they mm -hmm. get the bug and they're addicted, let that lead, lead to bigger goals. Like I always told my wife, I am never, ever, ever doing an ultra. Dawn is absolutely <laughs> crazy. And then this crazy coop, Courtney here, she gets me, <laughs> she's like, oh, we're going to Canton and we're going to do this ultra called Eagle Up Ultra. I'm going to do 100 miles in 24 hours. You should come. And I was like, I'll come, but I don't want to just crew because I want to try it to see if I can run the 50 mile and, and uh, see if I can, well, I had three goals and, and 
from a coaching mm-hmm. perspective, I think that's the best thing I ever learned from one of my coaches is before any race, set three goals because you need everything to go perfect in a long race to hit your primary goal. And I think my first goal was to run it in six hours and 40 minutes. And the 50 second miles, 50 miles. Yeah. The second goal was just finish sub eight hours and finish first place. And my third goal, <laughs> third goal was just to finish. <laughs> and uh, I, I actually ended up not hitting the first goal, but I hit the second one. And again, like this is a total runner thing. I, I, or you know what? People might do it in all parts of life, but I remember finishing the race and we even have a video that said that was awful. I am never ever yeah. doing this again. <laughs> Because the last, I can tell you, the last 32 kilometers of that race, and think about that, 32 kilometers, I had a headache that felt like a migraine, and every step I took, my head pounded. Yeah, okay, so let's look at that for a second. You have to run 32 kilometers with, with a migraine. Most people, when, when faced with situations like that, just say, that's it, I'm out, right? It's too much yeah. for me, I can't do it. Where do you find, how do you, how do you go through that? I think for like, and it comes from experience and you've put yourself Mm -hmm. into these situations before, um, you know, you've gone through some pain. The crazy thing about this is the pain that I've experienced as a runner typically goes away. Like if you run up a hill, you'll feel exhausted. But once you crest the hill and even if it's flat, uh, you start getting your energy back. You don't feel exhausted anymore. If you get a little bit of a headache, you hydrate and it goes away and you feel better. When I started that race, there was no question. I was just running it no matter how I felt right until the end. So even when the headache came, there was a part of the race where Courtney and Don were running together and she's like, <laughs> should I even say it, Courtney? You can you had your shirt on. I remember. I totally, I had a sports bra. I know. She's but I like, yeah, I was like in my head, I was like, well, this is G rated. So I won't use the words that I had in my head. I was more like, oh, F off. Uh, you know, I, I just want this stupid thing to be done. Like I didn't even pay attention. And it was all about just getting done. And like, there were a couple other hiccups in that race. Um, after the sixth, it was in the sixth lap. So when the migraine started, I got probably, um, th- there were all these tents set up and we did, uh, they were eight kilometer laps, five mile laps. So it's almost like IndyCar or, or car racing. There was like a pit <laughs> and you go to your tent, you get all your supplies you need for your next loop. People massage you up or, or do whatever they need to do to get that you back nice. out. Um, and I came in after I think six laps, I had my crew taken care of me. I was in there for like eight minutes and usually you just want to grab your drinks, maybe a change of shoes. If you need that change of socks, be in and out within a minute or two and that's it. But I was in there for like eight minutes and then I leave and my knee buckled up Hmm. and I couldn't move. And I thought, oh crap. And just walked it out for a little bit, got moving again. And then after I started moving, things started to kind of loosen up again and it was, it was fine. And then I keep running with this stupid headache, hydrating like absolutely crazy. 
which the headache never went away. I get to, I think I had, I was on the 10th lap and this, this is my, probably my favorite moment of the lap or sorry of the race. I only have one loop left and I was just sick of having the headache, absolutely exhausted. And I said to my wife, you know what? I, I'm exhausted. I can't do this anymore. I'm, I think I'm done. And, and she says to me, well, why don't you just hand your chip in then? And I was like, and instantly, like the competitor came right back out. And I was like, are you kidding me? I've been working this hard. I'm nine laps done and you're telling me to quit? And it just, it was the trigger that I needed. She didn't do it on purpose, but it was exactly what I needed to hear. And then I took off and I did the 10th lap and then finished that race. Yeah. And so I want to, Court, you ran this race as well, Courtney, right? Yeah. So that's where I did my first 100 miler. I kind of, um, when Derek says I talked him into it, I kind of got a crew together of Derek, myself, our friends Val and Dawn, and we all went down to this, uh, small town in Ohio and ran to this loop course together. Right. So I, I want to hear your version of this in, in just a moment. Oh my gosh. But, but Derek, <laughs> you, so you're experiencing this, this migraine, your knees buckled, you want to quit and you've just run for well over six hours and 40 minutes, right? Yeah. So why, why, why is why was it important for you to do it? Like, where do you find the motivation when you just want to quit? Why was it, why was this important enough for you to, to push through? I have, I, if I wish I could answer that question, I just think it's the, uh, like one of those competitive things that gets inside of you. Um, I don't, I can't really explain, but like almost like that eight mile or five mile race at the beginning, uh, I made a decision that I was there and I was going to finish the race and nothing was going to stop me. So that's the mindset that you take and you just go right until the end, no matter what you face. Right. So you showed up with a specific intention already laid out, right? Like you showed up and you were like, I'm here, I'm going to do this race and it doesn't matter what comes up. Right. Like my third goal in the race was just to finish, but mm-hmm. in the same, at the same time, I'm like, I just want it to be done. So just keep going and go faster if you can, because then it'll be over quicker. Right. That, that's what happens in my head now. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> cool. 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 All right. So Courtney, what's your, what's your version of this? this so you did four <laughs> marathons now yeah. on this race. So it's 20 so, laps. I, it was a lot of things went right that day for me. Um, one thing that sticked out was the heat. I remember it being a really hot day. But another thing, when Derek talked about, we actually, he sat me down the night before the race and he said, you know, like when the exact same thing, when it's a really long race, you have to set three goals. What are your three goals you've set? And I was like, three goals. I'm doing a hundred miles. Like, that's it. <laughs> and he's like, he's like, well, what if that doesn't happen? I'm like, no, it's happening. Like it was just made up in my mind mm-hmm. that I was doing it and I was going to do it or, or like be crawling on the ground trying. Um, but yeah, like everything for me went pretty successful that day. Um, up until, oh gosh, up until I think 24 kilometers to go. So I had to run 
it's 160 kilometers. So okay. I've ran about 144, let's say. And um, I actually got to what the aid station that Derek's talking about. And I remember grabbing um, food and then I started to feel sick. And I was like, uh oh, I know this feeling. And I actually passed out. Yes. So I wake up and I'm on the ground. And it was like, oh, like I passed out and I felt really sick. And I remember my mom being there. Dawn's there, Val's there, Pam's there. And my mom, like, credit to her, she was just like, you got to get up and go. And I'm like, and, and I was like, oh. And she's like, she's like, you got to finish. You have 24 kilometers to go. And then Val, actually, who had ran 50 kilometers that day, gets her running stuff on and comes out with uh, Don and I, because Don had been throwing up all day because he doesn't handle the heat well, so he wasn't in such good shape either. <laughs> um, so Val comes out with us, and we're two train wrecks that she's babysitting for the last 24 kilometers. And I just remember, like, eating and getting some sugar into me. And then we had, I remember the exact same thing as Derek, one loop to go. And we start running. And it was the first time all day I had put my headphones in. And I'm obviously really stiff. I'm really sore. And I was just like, okay, like eight kilometers. How many times have you ran eight kilometers? Like you just got to do it to finish. So I start running and that entire loop, I don't stop. And I'm pat. And the weird thing was, is I was passing people, but I had no clue who was at what point during the race or who was running, who was losing. Um, so then I get past all these people and with about a mile to go, I'm like, okay, I'm safe. I have, I'm sub 24 hours. Like I'm going to walk it in with a mile to go. And Val turns to me and she says, Courtney, you just moved up five places. I think you're first in your age category. You're not losing the spot. You run. <laughs> like, and I was like, oh, okay. She means business. <laughs> That's exactly and then, yeah. how you are, Courtney. What are I you know, talking about? It is. It's exactly how I You finish or I will kill you. <laughs> I know. But yeah, and then just getting across the line, I remember it being super emotional because it was like you've been you've been working like a year towards this goal yeah. and you finally get it done. Yeah. How long after you started running did you then do a hundred miles? So I would say, well, here's the thing is I was I was I was what I would probably say was more like I was a casual runner. Um I would maybe go out one or two times during the week and then I'd maybe do a long either anywhere from 10 to 20 kilometer run on the weekend up it until sounds like me. yeah just no but it was it was casual like I was in <coughs> school and um when I was working so I would say I didn't get serious about running until probably after Dawn's race which would have been probably just around two years ago. So from, so from start to the hundred mile, how long was that? Probably less than a year. <laughs> so you went from, all right, I'm pardoning it up down in the South. It's nice and warm. I'm, I feel like crap. I'm going to lose some weight to a less than a year. I'm going to run a hundred miles. I can run four yeah. marathons. Well, it was, it was Don had, so Don ran 200 miles and being a part of that, 
I was like, I'm curious to see how I could, how far I can push myself. Like, am I capable of that? I don't know. But then we started training together and I had done a few 60 kilometer runs and I was running probably four or five times a week. And then I was biking on top of it and cross training as well. Um, so then it kind of became of like, you know, I'm already trained for it, like for it. When you're running a hundred miles, the furthest longest run you do is 60 kilometers. You just have to get used to doing back to backs a lot. So, right. I mean, I was doing the training, so then it kind of became like, okay, I'm going to set a race and, and just do it. So in the process of training for the hundred miler, I did a marathon. Like I actually went out and ran my first marathon. Um, but I think that was it. Which was yeah. your first? Wasn't that Road to Hope? It was Road to Hope. That road, yeah, oh, that's the one that I was doing. Yeah, so Road to Hope's <laughs> in November, and then mm -hmm. I did my first hundred miler in June. Okay, so I want to go back a second to the hundred mile. So you are running for twenty four hours, mm -hmm. right? And so you said you had twenty something left to go when you passed out. Twenty four k when you passed. Twenty four k to go. Okay. Yeah. So you had something like another half marathon to go more than most people will ever even attempt. Right. Mm -hmm. And you pass out and you wake up and you're like, guess I'm going to keep going. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> like you guys know that most people don't think that way. Right. No, no, I know it's <laughs> okay. trained into us. So, you know, what's funny is and it's, we've talked about it before. If a runner gets injured, um, it, if the norm, the lay person gets injured, they, they use it maybe not as an excuse. Maybe that's too hard. Uh, right, Courtney? But they'll say, I got mm -hmm. injured. I should probably not run for the next two weeks. But if an ultra runner gets injured, we'll say, you know what? I'm going to take it back a little. Yeah, instead of 10%. 40, yeah, instead of doing 40K, <laughs> I'll just do 30K and then it'll be good. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so... Where, like, where does that come from? Because that has to come from a space, right? I, I think like Derek, like with experience of running that far and so much. So anytime now that I have a tough run, whether it be, I'm not a good speed runner. So right now I'm doing a lot more speed workouts than I ever have because Derek's <laughs> Your training texts me. are killing me, Courtney. I know. <laughs> I threw up again. <laughs> Great workout. <laughs> yeah. So I'm doing speed more than I ever have. I'm doing tempo now more than I ever have and volume. Um, but any time that a run gets hard, you have so much, it's almost like Dave Goggins. I don't know if you've ever heard of mm -hmm. him calls the cookie jar. Yeah. So when I think, can you about explain my, that for anyone who, who hasn't? So the cookie jar is just based on um, bad sort of experiences that you can draw strength from, I kind of call it. So I think like when runs are tough, I think, you know what, I've done, a, I've done a hundred miles twice. I've done a hundred miles in the desert when it's like, when people complain that's hot out, I've done a hundred miles and ran through the desert and heat worse than this. I can do this workout tonight. I've, I've ran 400 repeats at a 355 pace. I can do this workout tonight. It's so it's drawing. Yes, it's tough in the moment. But when you've yeah. gone through it enough, then you kind of develop this mindset of, I can do this because I've, I've had these horrible experiences that I've come through. Right. The yeah. cookie jar is so important. Like, I, I, was it David Goggins that coined that? Yeah, I, I heard so. it a long time ago. And I use the same phrase when I'm talking to people. You don't know how many times I draw from that cookie jar. 
because there are so many things in life that you can draw from, not just from running that when you overcome it or if you accomplish something that's absolutely amazing that you didn't think you could before, mm-hmm. go ahead, try something new. Look at your cookie jar. You did it before. You can do something new here. Yeah. And so I know for myself when I'm running and, and this happened way more when I first started, Yeah. but it was basically every other step I had a thought pop into my head, like, just stop, just yeah. stop running, just quit. <laughs> this sucks. <laughs> um, how do, how does that show up for you guys and how do you approach that? How do you handle that and those negative thoughts coming in? Are you in? talking about stopping running or just negative thoughts in general that come up? Oh, I'd like to look at both. So one specifically while you're on a run and that stuff pops up. Yeah. And the other, how does that like come into your life? So I had to be off running for about a year. So when I talked to Courtney about I'm keeping up with their run in terms of distance, but not speed, it's because I was off for a year and I'm just trying to build that base up again. But being back off or off for a year and then starting from scratch again, I got that whole total new runner exhaustion. And I was like, yeah, like I would train new runners that hadn't run before. And they're like, I'm so exhausted after like a minute. And I was, I just didn't understand that. But now I really understand it because I've gone through it again myself. Um, I just keep telling myself now because I've known what the difference is that it'll get better. It'll get better. Just keep going. Um, Hmm. Maybe I think you kind of answered the other part though, too. Like you've Courtney, you've had the experiences and the tough training runs where you need to draw from the cookie jar. And even Mm -hmm. though it's difficult in the moment, you just put the work in, in the moment because, well, I think of intervals. You're going to have a two-minute rest interval or something. Mm-hmm. So you, can, you can catch your breath then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know about, uh, like, in terms of mindset, that's me too. Like, if things are tough, just slow it down for a little bit. If, like, if it's interval training, I don't know. What do you Courtney, think about you think? that one, Courtney? Like, I'm having tough, a tough time getting past that one just because my headspace is very different. I know that like when things are tough, I just push through them. Yeah, I think when you start, I know when you start running, I remember what it was like. It's horrible. Um, <laughs> well, no, it is like your yeah. knees hurt and you have shin splints and, and yeah, you feel exhausted. But I think you eventually get to a place where you start to enjoy running. And, and that's probably why it's very hard to start. Um, for me, when, when I don't enjoy runs, like when it's hard, um, you just think of, you know, this is a good day to grind. This is a good day to sharpen your mental toughness. Um, so that, you know, when you're at the last eight kilometers in a marathon and you have to push, you know, you have the experience to say, no, like you, you have sharpened your mental tool to say, no, I'm going to keep running. I've been through this. I know what it's like when my legs are tired. I know what it's like when I don't want to go further, when it feels like your body's telling you no to push through. Mm -hmm. The other thing, and I've had time to think about it a little bit is I ask myself some questions if things start getting hard and I'll go through, is this physical fatigue that you're feeling? Is Mm. it cardio fatigue? 
or are you making something up? And most of the time, you're making something up. Yeah. Uh, if it's cardio, then maybe you got to look at your watch and you think, oh man, oops, I'm going too fast. So it's just a check-in and you slow down. Or if it is physical, and, and I've been going through this a little bit, and I told Chris about this on our run the other day, um, I was having some acute injuries. And because of some major injuries that I've had, I was really worried about moving forward and continuing running when I'd get these injuries. So I was taking like a week off every time. But the last time I got a short, like an injury, I, I said to myself, you know what? I've read Scott Jurek and Jenny Jurek's book, North. And that guy healed himself while he ran. Um, so I'm going to try that. So the last time I got an acute injury, I did. I went out and did a 16K run, slow and easy. And then the next day I did a 14K run. And I've overcome that injury and everything's fine. I'm not saying that's right for everybody, but uh, I, I'm taking more time to focus on like, what is my gait like when I'm running? Am I striding properly? And maybe that needs to change. And, and it has evolved and changed over the last year, which I'm excited about. And it's helping me get over these little injuries. Yeah. So there's a few things I'm hearing from you guys here. And when it comes to the mindset of the mindset of an ultra marathon, right? One is that you guys wholeheartedly believe in yourselves and your ability to overcome and to do this, mm -hmm. right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. How do you think the ultra marathons would go if someone didn't have that full confidence Horrible. and belief in <laughs> Yeah, it, you, you might as well not, well, I don't want to say you might as well not sign up. But start. Yeah, it would be tough. I don't know when how you, you would. Yeah, like when you run an ultra marathon, there is going to be something that goes wrong. Absolutely. And how you deal with that will shape your day. Um, whether it be something with your body, whether it be a low in your mind, um, how you basically handle any kind of unexpected change will either make or break your race. Yeah. So you have to be really willing to adapt. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the other thing with ultras too, as much as you're going to go through this yourselves, you, if you've got a good crew, that will go a long, long way in helping you. I Social support. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> like when we were helping Don before Courtney and we would have those little celebrations a couple of weeks after the race. And like Don was very genuine um, about being like totally grateful uh, for the team and all of the support and the help that they did. And Kind of in my mind, I'm a little suspicious all the time. I'm like, is he just saying that because no. <laughs> it's the right thing to say? Like, that's what would go on in my head. And then I did the ultra and I was like, oh my God, I could not have done it without those guys. Like they were absolutely fabulous and they did everything right. Mm -hmm. um, and without their support, it, it would not have been nearly as good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, when I think back on my, so I've ran 100 miles twice. The first time, um, obviously, like, I remember your wife, Christine, was there, and she read me quotes from my favorite book, Born to Run, about Anne Traces. That was me. What are you doing? No, it was not you. <laughs> I remember you cracking <laughs> jokes, though, and I, I remember running with Dawn and singing. Like, I remember Val coming yeah. out for the last 24 kilometers, and it was like, it was like the earth moved and changed when she did that. And Pam, like, rubbing my legs and feeding me oh. the sherbet. 
and my parents yes. coming down. My dad cried. Like I, I remember, like, I don't even remember running really. It's all about those memories with the crew. And then I remember like when we did, um, my fiance and I did the hundred miler in Arizona in the desert, Havelina, a uh, hundred. Like, I remember my, I don't really remember the first four laps, but I, my fondest memories are when my, it was a bad race for me. Um, apparently when people run in the desert, the sand kicks up and I had breathed, we didn't know, but you're supposed to wear something over your face. Um, so you don't inhale all this dust Mm -hmm. anyways. So we had never ran in the desert before, so we didn't know that tidbit. And, uh, I basically was like wheezing couldn't run and I was like it felt like I was suffocating but I could walk so it was kind of decided that we would not run and that I would just literally walk to finish the race um so I have 20 miles of walking ahead of me and my sister and her husband so Chantal and Jake they each loop like had came from the hotel and brought this uh ice bucket and we were like had our towels and that was like a godsend in the race and she brought her cowbell and was ringing it but my fondest memories by far are them coming out on the last 20 km or 20 mile walk with us nice and like eating like i ate pancakes with them and we jake and i ate pizza together and we took a bunch of funny photos of us in the desert and it, it just <laughs> like that was more like the the fun that i remember about the race not even the first 80 miles that i ran yeah so <laughs> you <laughs> You go out to the desert to run a hundred mile race and you've never ran in the desert before. And you didn't like know that, Hey, if you don't cover your face, you're going to suffocate. And then so well, you're... here's the thing is like when I, so my fiance is a runner too. Um, so he kind of, we had the discussion. Well, I, this was kind of my bucket list race is that I had always wanted to do it. So in January, when it opened up, he's like, just sign up. He was like, just sign up. You want to do it? We'll sign up and we'll go to Arizona and run. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay. <laughs> so, so I sign up and we, we were so on top of it in terms of like the gear, the, the training was amazing. Um, the nutrition, like we were having an amazing day. And then all of a sudden I started to have problems breathing and um it was basically at night when we turn on our headlamps because you're running through the night that we see dust Mm. everywhere and don't get me wrong we had done our homework and read race reports about this race and it was never mentioned and then basically we go and everyone's like oh yeah that's why people are wearing masks it's it's a halloween race so we thought people were dressed up but people were wearing masks (laughs) because of the dust (laughs) gotcha yeah, so that's what happened. <laughs> so another thing that I'm hearing as a theme um, is that there's this mindset that's developed that quitting is just not an option. No. Um, I, don't, I don't know if any – could you quit a race? Like, No. I, you know what? I'm actually thinking about a race that everybody but the winner gets a DNF. Like, have you seen the quarantine backyard Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Ultra? Race? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm thinking about joining that. Can you explain that for anyone who's not familiar? There's a race called Bill's Backyard Ultra. And I'll, I'll try to summarize it. Courtney, if you can it, need to jump in, definitely yeah. do it. So this race starts, and, and I'm going to use our Eastern Standard Time. I think it's going to start on July 11th at 9 a.m. And you have one hour 
to finish a 4.1 mile loop and be back to where you started. And then there's another, it, then you have to be at the start line and start again at eight o'clock or sorry, 10 o'clock. It's one hour increments. Right. So every hour you've got to be back to the start line and go again. Uh, and you just keep going until you can't go anymore. Yeah. Uh, last man that, standing. The last man standing wins. And if more than like, say on the last lap, there's two people left and they can't finish within an hour, then nobody wins the race. <clears throat> and like the it. record, the record I think is 63 of those laps. So <laughs> think of 63 hours of continually doing six of four mile days. laps. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that and means I, they ran 280 miles continuously. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, like, well, not continuously. Cause I mean, think I'm just trying to think like if some people are doing like six minute per kilometer, then they're only running 36 minutes and then they've got to eat rest. Yeah. Okay. Okay. But without, you know, sleeping. Yeah. And like going on about their day. Right. Right. For, for most people that's like, you know, they're spending however long that takes what, like how, okay. How long would it take to run 280 miles? If a hundred miles, how good is, you are? Yeah, it depends. <laughs> so, say you I, did on average, most people like it sub twenty four hour hundred milers. That's pretty good. So, say you gave, and most races give thirty. So, on average, did, let's say twenty five. So, two, two. You're probably so, looking at around two and a half to three days. Yeah. So. And okay, so it's one lap an hour, right? So this guy ran 63 or this woman ran 63 laps. So they ran for 63 hours. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. That's wild. <laughs> but I think I, like I might do it just to run for 24 hours because yeah. I'm going to have to go to work on Monday and I'm yeah. just taking time off. Oh, come on. If you it's were, a, if you were winning, you'd keep going. I'm not even going to try. Like I don't, I don't, <laughs> my legs might be okay to go uh, for quite a while, but I'm thinking of a, we might, we might have to get a group together and do 24 hours or something. Deal. So, um, there's two we, other things that I'm hearing with the mindset and it's that you guys really appreciate the challenge. It's not that a challenge is something mm-hmm. in your way. It's a challenge is something that fuels you. Is that right? Yes. Um, I think, I think for me, like a hundred miles was kind of unknown. Um, so it was always a question of whether I could do it mm-hmm. now. I think, I mean, it might be a little bit arrogant to say, you know, that doesn't excite me anymore. Cause I know if I train, I can do it. Like right. it, it's not really a question anymore. Yeah. Um, That's the weird I, thing, isn't it? Yeah. It, yeah. It, it's like in a marathon with a marathon, it's more of how well you can do things now, which might even be harder Yeah. Um, to, you know, better my marathon time, um, better my hundred miler time, or even like do something like the backyard ultra where you do a new PB for distance. It's mm-hmm. all about kind of refining now versus yeah. Um, yeah. doing a distance. But a lot of people in our society see challenge and they, they back away from it. Right. Um, or, for them quitting is an option and i know for like as a fact that most people do not believe in themselves so how did training for these ultra marathons change your mindset both in running and in life 
how has that shown up for you when you started to adopt these mindset qualities? I think it, it doesn't even have to be ultras. As soon as you do, like, I think my biggest switch was when I did a marathon because to me, that was the biggest thing in the world. And when I accomplished it and actually finished a marathon, I remember thinking, why did I limit my beliefs about what I could do for so long? Mm. Like my first marathon, I broke down at the end. Like you're still physically uh, <laughs> beat up. Like you use every bit of muscle and energy you've got in your body. You can't control yourself emotionally at the end of the race if you give it everything you've got. And like that was what crossed my mind. Why did I limit what I thought I could potentially do mm -hmm. ever? I can do anything now. Cool. Yeah. Courtney? And are you the same way, Court? Um, I think through it's it's again through repetition of of adversity. I mean Yeah. Even this year, um, like with life has been I with with everyone has everything has changed with COVID. So um I think facing adversity through running definitely teaches you how to cope with it in life and expect the unexpected. Like right now, um, Chris and I were planning on getting married in May. So that's obviously not done. My beautiful Italian honeymoon's not done. Chris was planning on, uh, <laughs> on running Boston uh, marathon, which he qualified for, which we were looking forward to. And that's not happening. Um, and my hundred miler is not happening. So it's really right now. Um, with running it'd be very easy to give up but i simply think like this is time where i'm putting money in the bank and i'm right. collecting interest and someday i'm going to cash in on all that hard work right so i think when you go through these challenges with your mind you know it makes everything in life easy if you can run 100 miles and go through every emotion from i mean i'm the happiest i've ever been in my life i can't believe i did something <laughs> to i want to die and crawl yeah. on the side of the trail and give up <laughs> on myself um, you can, you learn how to cope very well. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. And so does that show up for you on like a daily basis? Yeah, I think it, it very much, I would say runners in general are very positive people. Um, mm -hmm. we, I think Derek, myself, my fiance, Chris, we all, we all very much focus on the positive, um, you know, on a daily basis when we go to work or something's hard or tough, like we just, we simply have um, the switch in our head that we're able to pull through because we've just experienced so much adversity through either running or having mentally tough challenges. Yeah. And I imagine you have to be positive, you know, like you don't get to run a hundred or 50 or even a marathon if all you focus on is the negatives that are coming up, right? Oh no. <laughs> you can't. And you know what? You can't I, know. I wonder this is almost like a chicken and an egg thing, but I kind of think if you do running, you develop that mindset. Yeah. I don't think I don't think anybody goes into it thinking, I can overcome any challenge. Mm -hmm. Um I think it just it, it comes as a result of just facing those challenges. And I know I've I've heard podcast before professionals talk about how running marathons is almost like an engineered stress um a big old challenge that it's not life-threatening um 
but you are faced to overcome all of these obstacles that have no real impact on your life. Yeah. Uh, but it's so beneficial for you to do this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think no matter where you are in any kind of race, whether it's a five, 10, yeah. you know, a marathon, mm -hmm. an ultra marathon, you, you will have the, a negative thought pop up, right? Whether it be, I can't do this. I want to quit. Um, this sucks. I want to go home and be comfortable on my couch. Um, yeah you you kind of have to learn it's almost like cognitive behavior therapy you have to learn how to suppress it yes and flip it because if you start having those thoughts early on and you let them spiral out of control mm -hmm. then you're not going to have a good day yeah and <laughs> so do you go ahead jordan sorry do you think that learning this critical skill of controlling your mind do you think that that would have a, a large beneficial impact on society as a whole if people started to develop this skill. I'm waiting for I, Courtney to answer. Yeah, no, I'm, <laughs> like definitely. Um, no, but I think I think the problem is is our brains are hardwired to. So basically, if you look at chemically our brains like doing what's comfortable, you know, yes. they light up and get excited with pleasure with whether that be food, whether that be sitting on the couch, whether that be heroin, mm -hmm. our brains, they, they are chemically engineered to like living this comfortable life. Yep. Um, so if people kind of learned how to, um, you know, whether it be, um, learn how to maybe even just look on the, positive side more um whether it be learn how to when they face adversity and negativity um work through that a little bit better yeah definitely society would be positive um obviously i work with um patients on a on a daily basis with um you know i have diabetic patients and trying to um discuss diet with them like yeah they're all addicted to sh pretty much addicted to sugar and 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 i understand that that highlights that part of your brain for you that it is like a drug and when i take that away yeah you're not happy <laughs> you yeah. know but how to teach people you know that motivation every single day i don't know how you would do that did you learn that from running um I would say pra it's a combination of things. Um, I probably a lot through running. I understand, um, you know, I understand a lot more of the chemical and neurochemical reactions going on in the brain and physiology because of my profession. But um, one example that I would say is I used to run. So when I ran um, before, I used to run really hyped up on sugar. I'd have these like honey stingers and be pounding them back with like mm -hmm. this tailwind mix and stuff. And the second that you take that away from me, um, I get really negative. So my fiance, <laughs> when I know it's so horrible, when I moved in with him, he don't take he the of, sugar. I know he lives low carb, right? So we talk about um, I don't want to say keto, but he lives a very um, low carb, low sugar lifestyle. So, yeah. um, when I moved in with him, I made that adaptation as well. So I understand when I talk about 
what it's like to be negative and have your brain deprived of sugar and the energy it wants, how it's easy to be negative and get upset and cry. Like, yeah, I, I do understand that because I've gone through it. It's horrible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so for me, like I basically had to learn how to, on a very acute level, deal with that and those thoughts and build myself up um, to to tolerate that. <laughs> much better now (laughs) good well thank you guys um running out of time here so huge thank you for you to for coming out and talking about these experiences because not many people ever get to experience what you guys have experienced right and i think that you have so much to give and so much for everyone to learn from in in this mental fortitude that that you guys have worked so hard to develop well, well, thank you very much for having us. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Jordan. Those are very kind words. Yeah. Um, I, I hope we've helped. Uh, yeah. <laughs> inspired we like to some new runners. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If someone wants to reach out to you guys and they want to, to contact you, how can they do that? I'm on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> we're laughing we because <laughs> we were joking about how Derek's not, never on Facebook. <laughs> I'm on Facebook. Courtney's on Facebook. Courtney's I am on, on Facebook. Facebook, but I might not respond to you that way. I am on Facebook. I'll try my best over the next couple of weeks to monitor what's going on. If I don't get back to anybody right away, it's because I'm technology technologically uh, challenged. Sure. Is that the right word? Yeah. Right? Yeah. So yeah. I'll link your guys' Facebook profiles so that people can find them conveniently. Sounds good. Um, <laughs> I encourage you as the listener to think of someone who might benefit from hearing this, someone who's who's going through a certain challenge that could really use some of this advice, some of this knowledge, some of this wisdom, uh, and share it with them. Because the more that we can spread this kind of information, the more positive benefit we can have on the world. Thank you guys so much for being here. And I'm going to be putting out an announcement um, tomorrow about next week's guest. That's all for now. Awesome. Thank you very much. much. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.